views and opinions expressed by callers, guests, and hosts do not necessarily reflect those of the Black Talk Radio Network and Black Talk Media Project. Black Talk Radio is new black media for the new millennium. evening and welcome to Black Talk Radio News. My name is Scotty Reed. I'm broadcasting from behind these enemy lines called USA Inc. It's a Monday afternoon. I believe it's Monday. Isn't today Monday? Yes, it's Monday. I tell you, sometimes my days just run together. That's how it is when you don't take days off, really. Um, But yeah, today is Monday. It is September the 10th, 2018. And we have a live broadcast for you this evening. I want to focus on something that's very important, although judging by most of the media out there, um, especially targeting black folks, you know, it's not important. But there could be we could be on the verge of World World War Three right now. And I think that's very important to pay attention to. Many of us have family members that's in the United States military, although I don't think I have any anymore. I can't recall any of my family members. I think all of us have gotten out. Um, But yeah, but considering that many of us that listen to this station perhaps have family members who are in the United States military, whether that's the Navy, Air Force, Army, Marines, um, I feel like they about to be sacrificed to the altar of profits for the military industrial complex. As as you know, most of these people are in Congress. Um, we got Donald Trump as the CEO of USA Inc. Most of them, and I would, I I can't even think of any who may have a son or a daughter who is in the United States military and who will be deployed to these regions to get killed or maimed or even worse, to kill people over something they ain't got nothing to do with. They ain't got nothing to do with us. And so it's just, I feel like based off of some of the mainstream reports I've been seeing here lately with them saying that Syria um, is about to launch a chemical attack on this area. I think it's Idlib. I I, I, I have trouble with uh, non-English names and what have you, so y'all have to forgive me for that. But I feel like that what that really means is the United States through its proxies, whether it's the United States, Ron Paul seems to think it's going to be uh, the United Kingdom, the British who are about to launch 
a false flag attack on the civilians in that area of, of Syria as the Syrians and Russians and Iranians are about to launch a major offensive in what's being described as the last strong, stronghold of these ISIS. I, 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 think it, I think they call them uh, Daesh, something like that. It means dog or something is what the Iranian calls them, dogs and what have you. But we've been told that they're ISIS or Al-Qaeda, Islamic extremists and what have you. Uh, yeah, I, I think that they are about to attack a bunch of civilians using chemical weapons just based off of the U.S. mainstream media uh, just citing these unsourced reports that, oh, we got it on a good source that Assad has okayed the use of chemical weapons. All right? So, so we living in some very troubling times as if we haven't always lived in troubling times, but it seems like things are going to escalate. Now, I know a lot of people like to exaggerate. They like to hype stuff up. You know, they engage in, in what could be called shock jockery. I think I just made up a term. But they like to engage in shock jockery. Um, in social media circles, it's known as clickbait. And I actually later on be sharing some other clickbait, uh, what I call race porn, uh, where it's not real racism, but since... Racism seems to be a popular talk topic in the United States and lots of people like to read about racism and what have you, that there are some outlets who are reporting stories of racism where there is no racism, just to generate clickbait, just to make money off of them corporate ads and what have you. And that's, that's not a good thing, you know, but I am not exaggerating. You know, I don't think Dave or Tando Radio Show exaggerates when he say we could be on the precipice. A I think he calls it global nuclear war, World War One, or what have you. Now, I don't know if it'll be nuclear, but I, I think the possibility exists that this could blow up into something major. This might be bigger than the Gulf War that I participated in where, um, you know, 500,000, a half a million U.S. troops were sent to Saudi Arabia and Iraq to launch an offensive against the Iraqi army. And I think it may be bigger than that. It is definitely, you know, uh, the signs are pointing towards that. And again, I think the U.S. media is preparing a false flag or not preparing a false flag, but prepping the American public to get behind another senseless a military conflict because let's just face it, the U.S. Congress has not followed the Constitution and declared war against any nation, never issued a declaration of war since World War II. They just do whatever the heck they want to. Uh, they have conceded war-making powers to the executive branch and, you know, these, these CEOs of USA Inc., also known as Commander-in-Chief, uh, they just do whatever they want to. They just make a decision, oh, we're going to blow this country up. We're going to send some troops in and kill all these people, or we're going to fund some terrorists so that they can terrorize the country and destabilize it, and then we'll tell a lie and say, oh, that leader is killing his own people. You know. And as I mentioned today earlier on Tando Radio Show, as I engineer his program, 
uh, which is on at a new time. I was like, how come nobody ever says that about the thousand plus American citizens who get killed by cops every year? I mean, it, I've seen uh, some years it was high as 1,400. Nobody ever says about the U.S., oh, they're killing their own people. So I think that we need to be vigilant. I'm so glad that I taught my daughter, uh, only had uh, one of my daughters who was even thinking about going in the U.S. military, and I talked her out of it. I was like, no, baby girl, you do not want to go into the Air Force, the Air Force, um, lots of reports of sexual assault and, and I mean it's not even just sexual assault against women but men as well by other men so I, I'm glad that I talked to her out of going into the US military I don't want any of my children being cannon fodder uh, for, the, for these profiteers war profiteers no let them send their own children which they never do so Again, I feel like that these proxies, the, the Islamic extremist terrorists who have been cutting out hearts and eating hearts in Syria are about to launch a chemical attack in Syria soon. So I got a couple of news stories uh, to touch upon that. I see uh, Ron Paul had produced a report about it. Um, even Cynthia McKinney had shared something about it for those who don't know who Cynthia McKinney uh, is, she's a former congresswoman out of Georgia um, because she was trying to hold George Bush accountable and exposing a whole lot of um, chicanery uh, concerning the U.S. military and missing money and, and, and also human trafficking and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, the Democratic Party found somebody to unseat her within the own party now, okay? Found somebody to unseat her. I think he's still in there. I think his name Hank Johnson. Yeah, Hank Johnson and what have you. Um, so she was talking about it today. Um, she tweeted out something from Consortium News, so I'll share that with you. We'll also listen to a segment of the Ron Paul Liberty Report. Um, Say what you will about Ron Paul. Believe what you will about Ron Paul. But the man hates war. And he spent enough time in Congress to tell you how things work behind the scene. And he's been exposing these false flags for a very, very long time. Um, other stories that I want to take a look at. Y'all know um, there is this white female slave catcher think that's in Dallas, Texas. Um, yeah, and she killed the black male, young black male. I think he was only 24 years old, uh, fumbling around like, you know, she was at the wrong apartment. Uh, from what I read, she kept using her key card to try to get into the apartment, and it kept flashing red, according to one of the witnesses. And then someone asked the question, well, how did she get in there? So I imagine if I heard somebody fumbling around, at my door and I would go to investigate. Perhaps he looked out and saw it was a police officer in, in uniform and she was in uniform and he was trusting and he opened the door and she shot and killed him. Um, so I want to talk about that story because the story is unfortunate. It's a travesty to begin with. 
but there are people who are exploiting the story to sell you race porn. And I just think that's wrong. I, I, I just think that we don't need to keep making up stuff in order to inform people about racism existing because there's too many real cases of racism. And, you know, we're going to mess around or we may already be there. The little boy who cried wolf syndrome. You know, the story about the little boy who thought it was funny or whatever, the, as he's watching the sheep to alert the town for, oh, we got some wolf coming to kill the sheep. And he done that so many times that then when the wolf actually came, then nobody believed him. Okay? We, ha we had to be careful of that. And then if I'm going to call myself an outlet, a news outlet, or I want people to look to me for information, your credibility ought to mean something to you. It, you know, you ought to be able to substantiate your accusations. That's one, one thing, not that I learned it from him, but I have heard Mr. Fuller talk about documenting stuff and not just recklessly throwing around allegations that you have no proof for. And I just see that happening way too often and it particularly disturbs me when it comes from mainstream outlets that push this race porn without using deductive reasoning without searching for and uncovering facts and they just throwing an the accusation out there because they know it's an emotional word it's an emotional issue and a lot of people going to want to read it and react to it, and they're going to make money from it. There's no doubt about that. They make money from it. And I, I just don't think that's a good thing, man, especially as a news producer myself. My credibility means everything to me. I'm not on here to, to engage in shock jockery just so that people will tune in. I have no desire to be a Alex Jones. I, I just don't. So I want to talk about that story, a um, couple of instances related to uh, pushing this movie called Race War. There's no race war about to pop off in the United States, and people who are telling you that are just exploiting your emotions trying to separate you from your money, okay? And then, there, and then there's also this thing that I feel like sometimes we be inflicting unneeded trauma upon ourselves. There are too many real things we need to be concerned about and racism itself is stressful enough without somebody marketing racism to me to make money off of it. That's something we, I feel like for mental health purposes that we need to be wary of. Um, I wasn't really concerned about this story, but it kind of falls in that vein of what I was just talking about, this race porn. So I really don't like The Root. I really don't. It's owned by Univision, and not just because it's owned by Univision. I don't like the style of writing. They write the people using slang words and being sarcastic, and it's just not serious news reporting. Um, so there's a number of reasons I don't like The Root. But I've noticed that they ignore 
very important stories like the prison strike, the national prison strike, which I have been covering nonstop since it kicked off on uh, August the 21st. And it just ended yesterday, although some prisoners are continuing with the strike. You know, they're on work strike, they're on hunger strike, they're doing sit-ins, hopefully teach-ins as well about the fact that the slavery was never abolished in this country. But man, can you not take a break from inventing stories of racism to reporting on something as important as prison slaves standing up for their human rights. Do you not think that black people who are the primary victims of this human rights crime, not the only victims, but by far the, the uh, majority of the victims, do you not think that we need to hear about that? But no, 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 you don't need to hear about that. Let's make up a story about racism concerning Serena Williams uh, losing the U.S. Open and let's just make make up stuff without doing any kind of fact checking, uh, even though she isn't claiming any racism whatsoever, but she's making a false claim of sexism. And Stephen A. Smith, I do listen to sports talk radio, although I don't watch a lot of sports, but when I'm looking to to distract my mind from most of the serious issues I spend most of my time on uh, for my mental health, I will listen. To, you know, I'm an athlete. I'm a former athlete, I should say. Um, so I was listening to Stephen A. Smith today. And I know a lot of people have issues with Stephen A. Smith. And I don't always, I'm not particularly, well, I'm not a fan of anybody. If you look up the root word of fan, that means you're a fanatic. I'm not fanatical about anyone, um, except for maybe Malcolm X. If I'm going to be accused of idolatry or fanaticism, Guilty as charged when it comes to Malcolm X. But uh, I was listening to his show today, and he just did some, what I felt like was some great investigating, objective, investigative journalism and provided some objective reporting today about that whole blow up between that umpire and Serena Williams. And again, when we have so many people exploiting our emotions, exploiting how we feel, about racism, and then they want to connect racism to stuff where I can't find any racism, I think that harms your credibility. I really do, and, and then people will be looking at you like the little boy who cried wolf. So I, I'm going to talk a little bit about that. There, I don't know if Stephen A. Smith podcast his live broadcast, but um, it, it's worth a listen just on the aspect of what real journalism is, even though this is sports journalism, just his the way that he went methodically through, which is a quote, I, I you know, this is one of my favorite terms. What he did was, let me pull this up. Um, one of the, uh, what, how should I describe them? A friend, a friend of Black Talk Radio Network, Rodney. I'm not going to say Rodney's, um, last name, but he shared a um, tweet, a tweet, a tweet, yeah, a tweet, not a tweet, a tweet on Twitter, and he was quoting Satima Clark, queen mother of the civil rights movement, I'm going to have to do some study on her, I've heard her, I vaguely remember hearing her name come up, but I don't know a lot about her, but this quote just really hit home with me, she said, we need to be taught to study 
rather than believe, to inquire rather than to affirm. And when I was reading that quote again today, I was saying to myself, you know, to inquire rather than to affirm. That's what Mr. Fuller talks about. For those that don't know Mr. Fuller, I'm talking about Mr. Neely Fuller Jr. who wrote the uh, compensatory code book about um, basically teaching you how to act, speak, and behave. Well, act and behave is the same thing. In a system of, that's practicing racism, um, I was thinking about him suggesting that we ask questions. We have to ask questions. That's what to inquire means. And that's what Satima Clark was saying. We shouldn't just believe somebody because they say something. We need to inquire of the facts. We need to ask questions. We need to engage in deductive reasoning so that we can come to a logical conclusion. And, you know, that's what it means. That's what it means to be taught to study. When you are truly engaged in studying, you are trying to consume as much material as possible on any subject. And you're not supposed to be looking for stuff that's only going to confirm what I already believe. Let me say this. Believing is not knowing. When you say, I believe, that tells, I hear, I don't know. But I'm going to say it anyway. I, I believe this is the case. And so I don't, I don't want to be too hard on, on people. Yeah, there are sometimes circumstantial evidence that lead us to, to hold certain beliefs. But we should always inquire, dig in more deeply so that we can know and not simply believe. All right? If that makes any sense. So, like I had said, selectively reading books or consuming any media that only affirms your currently held beliefs is not study. Simply believing something without evidence or despite the evidence is anti-intellectualism. Deductive reasoning, also called deductive logic or logic deduction, is the process of reasoning from one or more statements to reach a logically certain conclusion and it's not that that I'm faulting anybody for not engaging in deductive reasoning because it hasn't been taught to us we come up in a school system that teaches you to believe whatever the teacher says to believe whatever the textbook says well we know for at least 150 years teachers been telling us History teachers, social studies teachers been telling us, and the textbooks been telling us slavery was abolished in 1865 after the Civil War in America. But if you inquire and you read and you study, then hopefully that study will lead you to the 13th Amendment that says slavery and involuntary servitude shall be abolished except as punishment for crime. Well, then we got to know the definition of the word itself. So that's what I mean about believing as opposed to knowing. All right, so uh, let me see if there's anything else. Now, if you have any questions or comments that you would like to get in during the show, please give me a call. I shouldn't say the show. I'm not on here to entertain you. I'm not putting on the show. 
I'm doing a radio program, doing a social, a geopolitical social radio program. All right, I'm not putting on a show. Um, but anyway, if you have any questions or comments, you can give us a call at 704-802-5056, 704-802-5056. Hit the star key twice to unmute yourself. Um, already off the bat, looks like uh, our abolitionist comrade from Virginia, Otis wants to chime in. Otis, did you have a question or comment? No, all I, all, good evening, Scotty. All I wanted to do is tell you the latest report that I've seen since the Texas Rangers took over this investigation into that John shooting in Dallas. I posted it in the chat room so you can see now what the official story is. There's a few things that came out. The reason she got into his apartment is because according to her, the door was ajar and the lights were out. So he had his door ajar. Who knows, he may have been expecting company or for whatever reason, his door was open. But she parked on the wrong floor when her apartment is supposedly in the same position one floor up. You know, so they're saying she, she, she was on a 15 hour shift. I just wanna let you know that's the latest I've seen that came out after the Texas Rangers have taken over this investigation. And they also, rather than have her arraigned in Dallas, they did it in neighboring Kaufman County. I used to live in Dallas for about 15 years. And uh, so there's some question as to what they're trying to keep out of the press. But I just want to let you know I gave you a current article to look at some details before you get too deep into it. Yeah, if if you, I, I won't be able to get that deep. I'm not really you know, going to focus on that story because as you just mentioned, details are coming out, still coming out, lots to be uncovered. So, you know, we're in the initial, okay. initial right. stages of the investigation, but if you would post that to btrcommunity.com so that I can check it out later. Um, but what you just told me is that the Texas Rangers, now the Texas Rangers said that they had additional information that came from her. So I'm assuming that that's what she told the Texas Rangers. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's true. Okay. Because I read another report where it cited a witness saying that she was using the key card and the key card kept turning red that she couldn't get in and, and that she fumbled around there for about a minute or so. So it just, you know, absent any video evidence or anything, that person asked the question, and it was a good question, how did she get in the apartment? Well, I said it's not beyond logic to think that, oh, maybe I heard somebody fumbling around at my door, and I'm going to investigate. I looked through the peephole, and I see it's a cop, so... Maybe he wasn't warned about cops. Maybe he, you know, isn't in tune with the, um, you know, new abolitionist movement or any other people like Colin Kaepernick and others who for a long time been uh, pointing out these stories of police brutality. Maybe he didn't follow um, Mr. Sean King of the New York Daily News and he had distrust. He, oh, I see a, I see a person in a uniform. This is a Dallas police officer. Let me see if I can help this officer. What's going on at my, and opens the door and bam. Now, I want, one of the questions I have, did they do a text toxicology report? Because I do know, I read a report that they said that they were waiting on a drug screen, tox screen. 
And I was saying, but they wasn't clear. I was like, wait a minute, who they talking about here? Did they drug test her? Or they talking about drug testing the man's dead body? Because, you know, that's something we always have seen, uh, how they try to uh, change everything and uh, blame the victim. Oh, the victim was high, so that's why the police had to shoot him 50 times because he had marijuana in his system or cannabis in his system. So definitely we should always be, be skeptical and, you know, wait for more information to come out. Let me see. Um, Otis is saying in the chat room they took the blood samples from her because I was thinking the same thing. Was she drunk? Has she been drinking? Did she stop at the bar and, and get some free drinks and stuff because she was in uniform at her favorite bar, you know? And um, that's why she parked on the wrong floor. That's why she was at the wrong apartment. That's why she kept fumbling around. It, it, it's entire, it sounds logical to me that she was possibly under the influence when she killed this man. All right, so, but I'll, I'll get to that a little later in the broadcast, and I need to uh, uh, speed, speed it up as Otis, yeah, Otis, uh, and being tired as well, 15-hour shift, you know. Um, they don't pay slave catchers a lot of money, so they work a lot of overtime to make money. You know, it just depends on what region you're in. So there's that question, too. 15 hours straight working, then possibly, who knows, using drugs or alcohol, so lots of stuff. I think we should be patient and wait for the information before jumping to conclusion. Like I'm seeing some of these people saying, oh, this is the beginning of the race war. I'm like, dude, are you serious? Are you seriously saying this white cop killing this black man in his own apartment is, is part of a race war? I'm like, man, I thought we got rid of Alex Jones off of Twitter. All right. Why you want to be the black Alex Jones? Because that's what Alex Jones tells all, all his list. Oh, bow up all these weapons and stuff like that. There's going to be a race war and what have you. Now, we do, I do, advocate that you be armed. That you have firearms for self-protection. But I'm not on here telling you a race war about to pop off. But I am going to tell you in the next um, segment that World War Three might pop off. And you need to get prepared just in case it does. So, if you do a Google search, for those who are listening to the program via blacktalkradionetwork.com, if you go to btrcommunity.com, I'm sorry I didn't post it. Um, I didn't make a post for today's program. I just tweeted out my feed from uh, btrcommunity.com, but it's public, so you'll be able to see it. But I did, I want you to do a Google search called Syria, on Syria chemical weapons. Now I'm gonna pull up this search I did and I'm gonna read you some of these headlines. And like Ron Paul said earlier and other people were saying, this is like, this is like Iraq all over again. I'm not talking about the Gulf War, but the last time that they went in there and did what they did, killed almost a million Iraqis by most estimates. But if you read those headlines, don't just go into Google all, go to the Google News. Do the Google News search. That's where you get um, the entries from 
or the search results from news outlets and not just blogs and, and other stuff. But go to the news section. Put in serial chemical weapons. Let me read some of these to you. Trump advisor threatens Syria with much stronger military assault if chemical weapons are used. Now that comes to you from time, and that's just one hour ago. Um, two hours ago, Sky News, which I think is part of Rupert Murdoch's global media operation, Syria threatened with stronger response if it uses chemical weapons. Sputnik News, U.S. allies agree to stronger response if Syria uses chemical weapons. Fox News, Syria, Syrians in Idlib, how do you say that? Adib, I, I don't know, I'm not even going to try. Brace for chemical weapons attack and a ground invasion. U.S. weighs options if chemical weapons used in Syria's Idlib province. U.S. says Syria plans gas attack in rebel stronghold. U.S., this came out several days ago, as I mentioned. I've been paying attention to this for, for the past couple of weeks. And as I mentioned on Tando Radio Show this morning, that this is a pattern I'm seeing in American-based news media. It's like Iraq, the run-up to the war in Iraq, saying Saddam had... Weapons of mass destruction. Saddam is working with Osama bin Laden. They teamed up together to knock down the towers in New York on 9-11. And it, and it was all a bunch of like, oh, Saddam got these mobile chemical labs. And it all turned out to be a bunch of garbage. That's what's happening right now, folks. It's like, I guess they figure if it worked before, then it'll keep working. It'll keep working. And I'm not even say, going to say that it works because you could have a million people out there in the streets saying, um, we don't want any involvement in Syria. We don't want to send our children off to be killed, maimed, or to kill and maim other people. This ain't got nothing to do with us. We need to worry about these slave catchers killing us. And so, I mean, a million people could be out there in the street. They're going to do what they want to do. And y'all know that's true. Um, September the 7th from CBS News. U.S. warns against reckless serial assault in IDLib as Russia hammers, and I can't see the rest. Reuters, September the 6th. U.S. has seen evidence of Syria preparing chemical weapons in IDLib. Telegraph.co.uk. Lots of evidence Syria is preparing to use chemical weapons in IDLib. Now, they say it's lots of evidence, right? Let me open up this article. This is the first one I'm going to open up. The other ones, they're just giving you unnamed sources saying secret intelligence has shown us that they plan to use uh, chemical weapons. Now, I thought Donald Trump was co so concerned about leakers in his administration. Who's leaking this information in his administration? Or is this one of those approved leaks? But how do we know it's really a leak if we don't know who leaked it? If there's no name, just like they're telling us, hey, whoever this anonymous person in the Trump administration that wrote about being part of the resistance and trying to keep Trump from blowing up the world, you know, how do we know that that's real? Same thing applies here. 
You just can't automatically believe something. You have to ask questions. You have to inquire. In absence of any evidence, you have to do deductive reasoning. This is what this is from Reuters news agency. There is quote lots of evidence that chemical weapons are being prepared by Syrian government forces in Idlib in northwest Syria. The new U.S. advisor for Syria said on Thursday, as he warned of the risk of an offensive on the country's last big rebel enclave. So. This is the first person I've heard that's been named. I am very sure that we have very, very good grounds to be making these warnings, says Jim Jeffrey, who was named on August the 17th as Secretary of State Mike Pompeo's special advisor on Syria, overseeing talks on a political transition in that country. Who, who are they talking to? Who, who are they talking to about a, 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 does this include the Syrians? No, what, 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 when you say political transition in that country, what they're doing is saying um, we in the West have been having talks and we've been talking about continuing regime change. What do you mean political transition? Goes on to say any offensive is to us objectionable as a reckless escalation, Jeffrey told a few reporters in his first interview on the situation in Syria since his appointment. There is lots of evidence that chemical weapons are being prepared. So what's the evidence, Jeff? Tell us the evidence. So let me just skip down the article. I'm a speed reader. And let me see if he names any evidence. Let me see. White House warned U.S. State, uh, the United States and its allies would respond swiftly and vigorously if government forces use chemical weapons in the widely expected offensive. What do you mean expected? The, the Russians called you and warned you to get these doggone U.S. soldiers who are in this area where all these terrorists are. So apparently, you know, um, terrorists hanging out around U.S. bases is a safe space for them. Huh? huh? That's what it sounds like to me, right? Because it don't sound like that this U.S. base and special forces are attacking these terrorists. How else is it called a stronghold? Again, we got to do deductive reasoning, people. Let me see. Let me see. Do I see, is he offering any evidence or is he just giving us rhetoric? Blah, 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 blah. No evidence. I don't see any evidence. Like, we have satellite we have satellite pictures of Syrian troops loading barrels in, you know, how you going to know what's in the barrels. But, you know, nothing like that. Other words, just take my word for it. We've seen lots of evidence, but we can't tell you what that evidence is. All right. I'm telling you, man. I am so glad I read Malcolm X's biography while I was sitting over there in Saudi Arabia doing the Gulf War because as soon as six months after my deployment ended, I was out the United States military. Just reading that, I was what, 22, 23 years old? I went in when I was 20, no, so I was 25, 26, probably just turned 26. I got out. Because I became aware that I was just a pawn. 
a disposable pond. So let me see what else I got for you on this topic. Um, let me close out some of this stuff. Um, so if you do the Google search, that's what you will find. You will find that the U.S.-based media, not just U.S.-based media, but Western-based media, is preparing the public for a false flag. They're already planting in your mind that Syria is going to use chemical weapons so that when these terrorists use chemical weapons, it's already in your mind. Oh, see, they was right. Syria did use chemical weapons against killing his own people. Let me share this article with you. There is a Virginia state senator. His name is Senator Richard H. Black. He's not part of the U.S. Senate, the federal government, but a state senator. He just came back from Syria, apparently. Let me see what he has to say. This is coming to you from the Washington Post. I don't like the Washington Post, but this is... Um, I just picked the relevant information from it. Washington Post, all of these outlets, man, you just have to be wary of the propaganda and, and you have to use deductive reasoning. So, but anyway, this Virginia state senator says he met with Assad and he says the British are planning fake chemical attacks. Fresh off a sit down with Syrian President Bashar al-Assad, Virginia state senator Richard H. Black turned up any turned up on Arab TV channel last week making an extraordinary claim about one of the United States closest allies. What, what's so extraordinary about it? What's extraordinary about it? Black said Britain's MI6 intelligence service was planning a chemical weapons attack on the Syrian people, which it would then blame on the side. Around four weeks ago, we knew that British intelligence was working toward a chemical attack in order to blame the Syrian government to hold Syria responsible, Black said on Al Mayadeen, an Arab news channel based in Beirut. Black, who is a Republican, said later that he meant the British were planning not to carry out the attack themselves, but to either direct rebels to do so or to stage a phony attack with actors posing as victims. Black also said some chemical attacks previously reported to have occurred in Syria were fakes, pulled off with help from volunteer first responders known as white helmets. And, 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 and I came across those reports too. And he's telling the absolute truth. One of the doctors came forward, said that, you know, they came in and threw water on the children, started taking pictures and talking about this was a chemical attack. Anybody who has studied the history of the CIA and, and MI6 intelligence services, all of these false flags that have gotten the U.S. into wars, then you know this isn't an extraordinary claim. So, again... Washington Post is not a credible source. Can you glean information from them? Yes. But they're going to try to place questions in your mind by him saying this an extraordinary, by them saying 
he makes an extraordinary claim. What's so extraordinary about it? You acting like the United States or MX, MI6 is some kind of ethical, uh, you know, agency or something. They engage in assassinations, regime change all the time. So what's so extraordinary about the claim that the man is making? And then with y'all saying this, and in the past been threatening to escalate things by deploying U.S. troops, you know, a, another coalition like what we saw happen in Iraq. Now, if you threaten, you've been threatening this man with that, why would he use chemical weapons? Why would he? It don't make no sense when they have been beating these terrorists on the battlefield. This is the last stronghold. Why? And, and I don't see anything, I don't see anything calling out the rebels for embedding themselves among civilians. You know, uh, um, when they were fighting ISIS in Iraq, what were they saying? All these terrorists are using the civilian population as human shields, right? Y'all remember that propaganda? I mean, I'm not to say it was, well, everything's propaganda, but whether or not it's uh, truthful propaganda or if it's lying to you, you know, that's to be determined by you. But we know that they have used civilians as human shields. At least that's what the U.S. mainstream media has said in the past. So why why aren't we hearing that? Why is there no condemnation of the terrorists for using these people as human shields? And what is this U.S. base? What is their mission in that region? Because apparently they've allowed a stronghold to develop at their doorstep. Apparently, they ain't been fighting these terrorists, have they? And again, I will point out that the U.S. has no business there in the first place. It's an illegal occupation. Syria didn't attack the United States. Syria hasn't attacked anyone. They're the ones being attacked. So how does this have anything to do with my safety, my security, or my freedom, which can be taken from me at any time in a country that's still practicing slavery and using racism to target people who look like me for modern-day slavery. So let's give a listen to um, Ron Paul. We're going to list. We're going to allow Ron Paul to take us to the top of the hour. Um, then I'm going to read this report from veteran intelligence professionals for sanity um, about an open letter they sent to CEO Donald Trump. All right, so let me find this clip from Ron Paul. This is from his show earlier today. There's also an article where he's asking a question. I'll read this real quick before we listen to what he has to say. Why are we citing with Al-Qaeda. This is from Ron Paul Institute. Last week, I urged the Secretary of State and National Security Advisor to stop protecting Al-Qaeda in Syria by demanding that the Syrian government leave Idlib under Al-Qaeda control. 
While it may seem hard to believe that the U.S. government is helping Al-Qaeda in Syria, it's not as strange as it may seem. Our interventionist foreign policy increasingly requires Washington to partner up with, quote, bad guys in pursuit of its dangerous and aggressive foreign policy goals. Maybe y'all won't believe me. Maybe y'all won't believe Dave when he talks about these things on Tando Radio Show. Maybe, you know, no, nah, I'm not even going to go there. But I'll just say this. Ron Paul spent 12 terms. That's over 20 years in Congress. You don't think he knows something about how the U.S. government works and things they've done in the past? He goes on to say, does the Trump administration actually support al-Qaeda and ISIS? Of course not. Well, you know, I think he's being diplomatic there. I say, of course they do. But the experts who run Trump's foreign policy have determined that a de facto alliance with these two extremist groups is for the time being necessary to facilitate the more long-term goals in the Middle East. And what are those goals? Regime change for Iran. So let's, and, and he goes on to talk about the different areas. Yeah, I think it's worth uh, reading some of this. Let me open up the full article. The di- let's l- have a look at the areas where the U.S. is turning a blind eye to al-Qaeda and ISIS. First, I believe, as I mentioned last week, President Trump's own special envoy to fight ISIS said just last year that I believe province is the largest al-Qaeda safe haven since 9-11. So why do so many U.S. officials, including President Trump himself, keep warning the Syrian government not to retake its own territory from al-Qaeda control? Wouldn't they be doing us a favor by ridding the area of al-Qaeda? Well, if Idlib is retaken by Assad, it all but ends the neocon and Saudi and Israeli dream of regime change for Syria and a black eye to Syria's ally, Iran. Second, one of the last groups of ISIS fighters in Syria are around the Al-Tanf U.S. military base, which has operated illegally in northwestern Syria for the past two years. Last week, according to press reports, the Russians warned the U.S. military in the region that it was about to launch an assault on ISIS fighters around the U.S. base. Now, again, use deductive reasoning. This isn't Syria conducting this operation by themselves. This is also the Russians, one of the permanent UN Security Council members, a world power, a nuclear armed power. Why would they warn the U.S. government to get your troops out this area where y'all been protecting terrorists? Well, they ain't say that y'all protecting terrorists, but we warn, we giving you fair warning that we're about to launch this offensive. Now, why would they be giving everybody a heads up if they're about to use chemical weapons? Does that make any sense? Does that make sense to you? Does that sound logical? I'm such an outlaw or I have such disregard for human rights and I'm going to use banned chemical weapons but I'm going to warn you, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm about to launch. This makes no sense. If you ask me, Russia's being responsible here, and they're trying to prevent World War III kicking off 
And I know a lot of Americans have been brainwashed with nationalism, but I'll say like Mr. Fuller says in that clip I play sometimes, people want to brag about being Frenchmen or they want to brag about, you know, being an Englishman or whatever. But if you don't believe in practicing justice, that, that don't mean nothing. In the United States, has not practiced justice in any time in this history. I think the record is clear on that. So I, I think, you know, Russia's doing the responsible thing, trying to prevent what could turn into millions of casualties, including your children, if they in the United States military. And then if it blows up like that, don't think it can't come to our doorsteps. Again, we're talking about a nuclear power with intercontinental ballistic missiles capable of reaching the United States with nuclear submarines capable of pulling right up on the coast of the United States with long-range bombers. Okay? This really could turn into something that I don't think logical people want to see. I don't. So, I mean, he goes on to say some other things. He talks about them supporting terrorists in Yemen and what have you, but y'all could check that out. But I want to play his report, just some of it. Um, it's using a image that says you lied about Iraq, you lied about Afghanistan, you lied about Libya, you are lying about Syria and Iran. So this is from the Ron Paul Liberty Report uh, channel. ...into the Liberty Report. With me today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you. How are you this morning, Dr. Paul? I am doing fine, uh, except for our rain that we're having today. Never <laughs> ending. <laughs> but, uh, of course, we, we uh, someday are going to get a really, really fancy studio, and we won't have to worry about the rain, but <laughs> you know, our tin roof sometimes hurt. But uh, I hope our message is, is more important than the tin roof. That's right. So we'll proceed with that. But there was a uh, report um, uh, from the uh, last night, Sunday night, late at night, Wall Street Journal, uh, Rupert Murdoch's uh, magazine, you know, uh, claiming that uh, we have uh, great concern about a gas attack. We know there's going to be a gas attack, and uh, and uh, we have to retaliate and be prepared. Because in essence, and we mentioned this last week with uh, Haley, you know, uh, Mickey Haley, oh, we know who's going to do it. Yeah. They're already set the whole thing up and saying that uh, Assad's going to do it. Assad's going to gas his own people. He did it twice already. Mm -hmm. So not another third time. But, you know, I keep thinking that uh, this, is, this seems to be a, so absurd from our point of view when you look at what's available to us as far as facts go. That, uh, and if you look at our history, if you look at the history of how we got into the Iraq War, you say, how could the American people believe this? But that's all they hear. You know, and all the TV stations, all the newspapers, all the TVs, they, they keep telling them, you know, that they're going to attack. And they set the stage where if you object, then you're some type of an un-American. You, yeah. you don't believe in national defense. And, and uh, yet they, they're gearing up for this again. And I keep thinking, this is just unbelievable that they'll buy into this again. But as far as I'm concerned, they'd have a tough time convincing me, uh, in spite of all the shortcomings of the Syrian government, that they're stupid enough 
to, uh, you know, do this. And yet it's discouraging to me to think that uh, our leaders are stupid enough to think that all Americans are stupid yeah. enough to believe it. <laughs> so uh, I hope we can sort this out a little bit and tell the American people that uh, maybe we shouldn't be expanding this war, which is the great potential here uh, in Syria. And besides, uh, you're an expert on this, so you're <laughs> going to tell me where do they get... Where does the administration get the authority to be on the verge of a major escalation? Because what we're talking about, if they if they come up and there is gas and they don't check out who did what, and and we start bombing Russia and uh, and Iranian forces, you know this is a this is a big deal. So, um, but. I don't know whether they care about whether they have the authority or not. I think they're, uh, you know, all presidential administrations, you know, since World War II have assumed that they have the authority and the moral responsibility to protect the American people against these individuals who want to bomb us and kill us and invade us. Yeah, and this is so, it's, it so goes by the exact same page as the lead up to the Iraq war. Wall Street Journal reports that anonymous administration sources have new secret intelligence that we can't see it, but trust us, uh, Assad has approved the use of chlorine gas in Idlib. He's given the go ahead, he's given the green light. Go ahead guys, use gas in Idlib. We can't tell you how we got this info, but I think one of the quotes was we have lots of quote unquote information that they're about to do it. And, you know, again, anonymous officials, you wonder who they are, you know, Nikki Haley, John Bolton, who, who could it be, are one of their minions. But, you know, it's, uh, it's sad to think of the American people falling for this kind of nonsense yet again. The same kind of anonymous sources, can't tell you what they are, uh, but the mobile chemical weapons labs that we heard about in Iraq, you know, and, and over and over again. Yeah, it looks like there's going to be escalations because one report said that the president uh, uh, still may retaliate even if there is no gas attack. Yeah. You know, he that, just wants to bomb something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that we have to do something. <laughs> now, the one reason why we should be more concerned, uh, you, you know, about what, what's, uh, what's happening here is uh, President Trump has been more consistent with this. Right now, of course, uh, things look better. This weekend, things look better. He said nice things about the North Koreans. The North Koreans didn't show their uh, intercontinental ballistic missiles. And, uh, you know, it looks like sensible people are talking to each other. And if he can achieve this with a country like North Korea, um, but of course, we've talked about that and it's on again, off again. But um, he, he's pretty, pretty consistent, you know, with, with Iran and this whole thing. Uh, seems to be related as much to Iran as as Assad, but it's the combination of Assad and and the war, uh, the Saudi uh, regime uh, uh, wanting to do away with the uh, with the Iranians. And yeah. I think and and that's what seems to be lining up. And and this is why this one base is so important. That uh, even though even though it's Al Qaeda, it's almost like we're bound to determine not to defeat Al Qaeda. Yeah. I mean, we're over. We've been. We, I wouldn't say we, but the anti-ISIS and anti-Al-Qaeda uh, people include the Russians and, to a degree, us and uh, and the Assyrians. And, you know, they're not they're not an international danger right now. The only danger seems to be to the American government is that uh, that Al-Qaeda is going to disappear, <laughs> and we won't have an excuse to be in there. Yeah, that certainly seems to be the case. You know, and and. Uh, you know, on Friday, Trump did another flip-flop. 
Uh, he, uh, remember, remember when he said, we got to get out of Syria, we have no business being there, we should get out, you know, next month or something, and then his advisors, oh, Mr. President. So Friday he approved a new strategy in Syria, a strategy always is escalation. 2,000 soldiers will be stationed indefinitely in Syria, you know, which is not our country, we have no permission to be there, we're not at war technically with Syria, so, you know, on what legal basis is he going to put 2,000 troops there? But you're right, you nail it on the head. It's all about Iran. It's all about Iran. Yeah, and he has been systematically uh, designed to undermine their government. He said it during the campaign, and uh, he said he'd get out of the agreement, the nuclear agreement, and, and he did that. And uh, he put on more sanctions, punish the people, and they are suffering. We talked about, you know, the sanctions and all the punishment that the, America, the uh, Iranian people go through. Uh, so he's been very, very consistent on that, but it looks like um, uh, he's he's determined to have have some uh, outright fighting with them. I mean, if if he if he goes through with this, you know, and actually starts bombing, uh, you know, uh, Syria, uh, bombing Russia yeah. uh, and Syrian troops and Iranian troops. I mean, that that's uh, that's to me is where this thing could get out of hand. Uh, we always say that there's a lot of bombast, a lot mm-hmm. of back and forth, and both sides do it, and and nothing really comes of it. But uh, this this could get out of hand because uh, uh, one statement said uh, uh, that Trump can be very very angry if civilians mm-hmm. are killed. And I wonder if that happened uh, on all the battles that went over there when we were doing the bombing. No, 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 never happened. All right, I'm going to leave it there. And I just had to say, I I share Ron Paul's concern about this. You know, being a former um, member of the U.S. Army, um, as a young person who really didn't understand geopolitics back then, that, you know, I I look at those troops as being, you know, just innocent, man. You're just going to sacrifice them. And really what wasn't mentioned there, I don't know if he mentions it in the whole 20 minutes of this broadcast because they did lose their feed. And I was thinking, hey, somebody trying to keep y'all from putting the truth out or to make people ask questions and engage in deductive reasoning. But this is for Israel. You know, I was on Twitter earlier today and they retweeted some of Hillary Clinton's emails where they were talking about attacking Syria so that they can then take out our Iran on the behalf of Israel. Not because it's going to benefit us here in America. Not, no, no. How, how? Let me ask you this. All the wars that's been waged. How has it benefited you as an average citizen? Huh? How has it benefited you? It has not. The wealth gap keeps, you know, it's not like they're going over there looting and sharing the booty with the American people. No, it's the corporations that's making all the money. They're stockholders and what have you. I guess you could make some money if you went invested into these military defense, you know, companies and what what have you. But no, this is all done for the benefit of Israel. Donald Trump is under Zionist control, and I think the evidence is is in, and I have to render a guilty verdict. Because also in the news, they just closed the Palestinian consulate, also cutting off. 
uh, aid to the Palestinians. All right. So this is this is the U.S. sacrificing, willing to sacrifice your children on the behalf of some racist Zionist Israelis. A government that just, you know, uh, passed the law that legalizes racism in that country against, quote unquote, non-Jewish folks, even though they have a documented history of practicing racism against the Ethiopian Jews, the non-white Jews. So I think this is more important than who won the football game yesterday. I think this is more important than whether or not this umpire practiced racism or sexism against Serena Williams. This is more important than anything right now, except for ending slavery in this country. And we ought to be paying attention. And like Dave always says on Tando, don't be scared, get prepared. And I'm not saying that out of shock jockery. I'm not trying to sell you anything. I don't have any supplements to sell you. I don't have any bug out bags to sell you. I'm not trying to profit from your fear. But I do care about you all. And I think you should prepare. All right. So let me take a station identification break and a music break. One quick thing. From Otis, um, I I was um, mentioned an article from the Washington Post about Jeffrey talking about we got on we got good information about uh, Assad has approved the use of chemical weapons. I don't believe a word they say, but here, here's his background. Thank you, Otis, for supplying this background in our chat room at uh, uberconference.com slash Black Talk Radio Network. Jeffrey is a visiting fellow at the Washington Institute for Near East Policy, a member of the CIA External Advisory Board, a member of the American Council on Germany, and a member of the Council on Foreign Relations. He serves on the advisory board for DC-based nonprofit America Abroad Media, that's a propaganda uh, outlet, uh, let me see. Eva Bartlett and Vanessa Beely both reported directly from Syria. Okay, so all you Trump fans out there, if you listening or what, I thought he was supposed to be draining the swamp. <laughs> huh? I thought he was supposed to be draining the swamp, huh? This is part, this dude is part of the shadow government. When I say the shadow government, let me explain what I mean for those that don't know what I mean. America or the United States policy is not really set by your representatives. It's set by all of these non-governmental think tanks. Okay? Non-governmental think tanks who are funded by various Interest usually U.S. defense, excuse me, contractors, the defense industry, people who profit from war. When we look domestically here with slavery never being abolished and 
and private prison population exploding. Um, all of our people that's in prison slavery right now. Alec, you have to think about Alec. They wrote this tough on crime legislation because they knew it was going to lead to more people being arrested, put into prison slavery over nonviolent victimless crimes. That's the shot. That's the real power here in the United States. There is a reason why most of the representatives are all millionaires. They hold stock in these very countries. I mean, excuse me, companies. So that's what I mean when I say the shadow government, because a lot of people, you know, may not know what you mean, so you should explain it. So that's what I mean when I say the shadow government. All of these non-governmental organizations who write policy, who are the talking heads on your TV, they'll bring them in as experts and what have you. And yeah, they're experts. They're experts at lying. And they give, I thought that Ron Paul and his co-host there was giving the American public too much credit. Certainly they'll fall for it. They haven't shown anything that, that would tell me different. And you have to think about how Americans are indoctrinated through the so-called education system. Again, you're not taught to question. You're not taught to inquire. You're not taught critical thinking skills or deductive reasoning. You're taught to believe. That's what you're taught. Believe what we say. We're the people in authority. This is the truth. Don't question it. And then that just translates over to the rest of our lives. So you should be very concerned right now. I'm not saying be feared. I'll never tell anybody to be fearful, but be cautious and prepare for something to pop off like this. All right, so I'm going to take my station identification break. I'm going to share on the other side. Moscow has upped the ante in Syria, an open letter from veteran intelligence officials to Donald Trump. You're listening to Black Talk Radio News. I broadcast live every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, God willing. And I'll be right back. Real, real quick, I want to share this music track called Bin Laden that was put out by Immortal Technique during the uh, last slaughter of Iraqis. What we I forget what they named that war. Um, but anyway, the last, when they took out Saddam, he put this out. It does have some cursing in it. He does. They do use the N-word in it, which I don't approve of. But I think that this track should open up your eyes to something. It just goes along with what we've been discussing thus far. So if you have any children in the room, I'm just giving you fair warning. Every day, man. 
These motherfuckers is just like professional liars, you know what I'm saying? Wow. Listen. Bin Laden then blow up the projects. It was your nigga. Tell the truth, nigga. Push knock down the towers. Tell the truth, nigga. Push knock down the towers. Tell the truth, nigga. Bin Laden then blow up the projects. It was your nigga. Tell the truth, nigga. Push knock down the towers. Tell the truth, nigga. Push knock down the towers. I pledge no allegiance, nigga. Fuck the president's speeches. I'm baptized by America. I'm covered in leeches. The dirty water that bleaches your soul and your facial features. Drowning you with propaganda that they spit through the speakers. And if you speak about the evil that the government does, the Patriot Act to track you to the type of your blood. They try to frame you and say you was trying to sell drugs. You throw a federal indictment on niggas to show you love. This shit is run by fake Christians, fake politicians. Look at their mansions and look at the conditions you live in. All they talk about is terrorism on television. They tell you to listen, but they don't really tell you their mission. They funded Al-Qaeda and now they blame the Muslim religion. Even though Bin Laden was a CIA tactician, they gave him billions of dollars and they funded his purpose. Fahrenheit 9-11, that's just scratching the surface. Bin Laden didn't blow up the projects. It was your nigga. Tell the truth, nigga. Push knock down the towers. Tell the truth, nigga. Push knock down the towers. Tell the truth, nigga. Bin Laden didn't blow up the projects. It was your nigga. Tell the truth, nigga. Push knock down the towers. Tell the truth, nigga. Rebels in Iraq still fight for Saddam, but that's bullshit. I show you why it's totally wrong. Cause if another country invaded the hood tonight, it'd be warfare through Harlem and Washington Heights. I wouldn't be fighting for Bush or white America's dream. I'd be fighting for my people's survival and self-esteem. I wouldn't fight for racist churches from the South, my nigga. I'll be fighting to keep the occupation out, my nigga. You ever clock someone who talk shit for look at you wrong? Imagine if they shot at you and was raping your moms. And of course Saddam Hussein had chemical weapons, we sold them that shit after Ronald Reagan's election, mercenary contractors fighting a new era, corporate military banking off the war on terror, they controlling the ghetto with the fear of attack, trying to distract the fact that they engineering the crack, so I'm scrapped like Lee Malvo holding a sniper rifle, these bullets are touch your kids, and I don't mean like Michael, your body be sent to the morgue, stripped down and recycled, I fire on house niggas that support you and like you, cause innocent people get murdered in the struggle daily, and poor people never get shot. Shit struggle daily. This ain't no alien conspiracy theory. This shit is real. Written on a dollar underneath the Masonic seal. I don't rap for dead presidents. I'd rather see the president dead. It's never been said, but I said precedence. Bin Laden didn't blow up the projects. It was your nigga. Tell the truth, nigga. Push knock down the tower. Tell the truth, nigga. Push knock down the tower. Tell the truth, nigga. Bin Laden didn't blow up the projects. It was your nigga. Tell the truth, nigga. Hi, the Black Talk Media Project would like to invite you to become a member of the BTR Community subscription-based social media platform. BTR Community is a platform that was set up for the listening audience of Black Talk Radio Network, the number one independent black radio network online. For just $24 per year, your subscription gives you access to an interactive space to share information with like-minded people with your privacy guaranteed. 
Your subscription will go a long way to help us maintain and improve our current media platforms. It will also help provide a budget so that we can begin the task of establishing localized media centers and radio stations across the United States. The best way to show your support and appreciation for what we do here at Black Talk Radio is to subscribe. Help us to help you be informed. Join btrcommunity.com today. And welcome back to Black Talk Radio News. Real quick about BTR community, as many of you probably already know, we don't have a lot of funds coming in. We don't get funded by George Soros or the Ford Foundation or the Arthur T. Viney Foundation or none of that. We don't even seek those sort of grants and what have you. Um, so I'm unable to hi- hire a staff. So therefore, I mean, I can't even pay myself a salary. So, but anyway, we do have a couple of volunteers. Um, shout out to Agent M in the UK who um, sent me the um, statistical report for the month of August yesterday. And I'll get that out this evening or I'll set it to go out tomorrow morning. Um, but, Sometimes I don't always add the new memberships in, you know, the 48 hours. I be so busy, y'all, and I apologize if I'm ever late adding new members. I just added a couple of new members today, and that's the reason why. I'm not making excuses. I got to do better to stay on top of this stuff, Um, but it, it just gets hard sometimes, and I'm not always timely with adding those new memberships but you know i hope the membership continues to grow so that we can have a proper budget to build those media centers i was just talking about interestingly i actually was contacted last night by one of my army buddies um um and he was saying to me man we need some local outlets man because i tell you man we're just not really getting the information that we need and so I was like, I was telling them, bro, listen, man, that's what, that's my vision for my nonprofit, man, and what I've been trying to do, you know, right? We need more than just this platform, a national platform where we have a global audience. We need localized platforms so that people can know what's going on where they live. So I just wanted to apologize for my lateness in adding memberships at times, but, you know, I'm trying to do the best that I can under these conditions. Um, But I I definitely appreciate the support. All right, so Moscow has upped the ante in Syria. This came out, uh, published on consortiumnews.com. Let me see. It is an open letter from veteran intelligence professionals for sanity. Let me read, it came out yesterday. As Syrian forces backed by Russia launched the final showdown in Syria against jihadist extremists in, how did he just pronounce that? Idlib Idlib province, the potential for a U.S.-Russia confrontation has never been greater. As VIPS warns in this memo to the president dated September the 9th, 2018. Memorandum for the president from Veteran Intelligence Professionals for Sanity. Subject, Moscow has upped the ante in Syria. Mr. President, 
We are concerned that you may not have been adequately briefed on the upsurge of hostilities in northwestern Syria, where Syrian armed forces with Russian support have launched a full-out campaign to take back the al-Nusra, al-Qaeda, ISIS-infested province of Idlib. The Syrians will almost certainly succeed as they did in late 2016 in Aleppo. As in Aleppo, it will mean unspeakable carnage unless someone finally tells the insurgents theirs is a lost cause. That someone is you. The Israelis, Saudis, and others who want unrest to endure are egging on the insurgents, assuring them that you, Mr. President, will use U.S. forces to protect the insurgents in Idlib and perhaps also rain hell down on Damascus. We believe that your senior advisors are encouraging the insurgents to think in those terms and that your most senior aides are taking credit for your recent policy shift from troop withdrawal from Syria to indefinite war. Real quick right here. When I read stuff like this and I've heard Dave say that Donald Trump is the perfect puppet, the perfect front man for this. He he's right, man. He's right. Don, Donald Trump is not an intellectual giant. He's moved by his emotions, his opinions of uh, uh, excuse me, other people's opinion about him and also think he's a coward. Okay? He's a coward. He ain't draining no swamp. He just getting rid of the people who don't like him. And he is easily manipulated by the shadow government because he ain't that bright. He don't engage in deductive reasoning. Okay? So I, I just wanted to add that right there. It goes on to say, big difference this time. Russian missile-armed naval and air units are now deployed in unprecedented numbers to engage those tempted to interfere with Syrian and Russian forces trying to clean out the terrorists from Idlib. We assume you have been brief on that, at least to some extent. More important, we know that your advisors tend to be dangerously dismissive of Russian capabilities and intentions. We do not want you to be surprised when the Russians start firing their missiles. The prospect of direct Russian-U.S. hostilities in Syria is at an all-time high. We are not sure you realize that. The situation is even more volatile because Kremlin leaders are not sure who is calling the shots in Washington. Well, that's called Donald Trump changes. You know, he flip-flops all the time. This is not the first time that President Putin has encountered such uncertainty. This is, however, the first time that Russian forces have deployed in such numbers into the area ready to do battle. The stakes are very high. We hope that John Bolton has given you an accurate description of his acerbic, okay, new word for Scotty. Scotty needs to look up this word. <laughs> It's just a habit I have um, that one of my teachers did, you know, encourage us to circle words in, when we're reading the newspaper and 
circle words we don't know and look them up. Acerbic, uh, especially of a comment or style of speaking, sharp and forthright. All right, so uh, the second definition, tasting sour a bit bitter. So in this context, they're saying that they're not um, sure that John Galton has given you the bitter truth about, you know, what's been, he's been talking about with his Russian counterpart in Geneva a few weeks ago. In our view, it is a safe bet that the Kremlin is uncertain whether Bolton faithfully speaks in your stead or speaks instead of you. John Bolton is a longtime warmonger, neocon, and a Zionist. The best way to assure Mr. Putin that you are in control of U.S. policy towards Syria would be for you to seek an early opportunity to speak out publicly, spelling out your intentions. If you wish wider war, Bolton has put you on the right path. If you wish to cool things down, you may wish to consider what might be called a preemptive ceasefire. By that, we mean a public commitment by the president of the U.S. and Russia to strengthen procedures to preclude an open clash between U.S. and Russian armed forces. We believe that in present circumstances, this kind of extraordinary step is now required to head off wider war. For the VIPS steering group sign, and I'll read, man, it's a lot of names here, and they got appendix as well. All right, so this is who's telling Donald Trump this. William Biney, former technical director, World Geopolitical and Military Analysis, NSA, co-founder of, of SIG Intelligence Automation Research Center, retired. Marshall Carter Tripp, Foreign Service Officer, retired. And Division Director, State Department Bureau of Intelligence and Research. Um, Philip Giraldi, CIA Operations Officer, retired. James George Jatras, former U.S. diplomat and former foreign policy advisor to Senate Republican leadership. Michael S. Kearns, captain, U.S. Air Force intelligence officer and former master SERE instructor, retired. John uh, Kirikou, um, I think John Kirikou is the one that uh, leaked that information about CIA torturing people or their black sites, and he ended up doing some time in prison, prosecuted by the Obama administration. Former CIA counterterrorism officer and former senior investigator, Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Uh, Matthew Ho, former captain, U.S. Marine Corps, Iraq, former service officer, Afghanistan. Edward Loomis, NSA cryptologic computer scientist, retired. Linda Lewis, Weapons of Mass Destruction Preparedness Policy Analyst, USDA, retired. David McMichael, Senior Estimates Officer, National Intelligence Council, retired. Ray McGovern, I know about Ray, Army Infantry Intelligence Officer and CIA Presidential Briefer, retired. Elizabeth Murray, Deputy National Intelligence Officer for the Near East, National Intelligence Council, retired. Tidy Pierce, Major, U.S. Army Judge Advocate, retired. Colleen Rowley, FBI Special Agent and former Minneapolis Division Legal Counsel, retired. Ann Wright, 
retired U.S. Army Reserve Colonel and U.S. diplomat who resigned in 2003 in opposition to the Iraq War. All right, let me ask you this. Let me ask you to do this. If you pay attention to this coverage that you're going to see on MSNBC, that you're going to see on CNN, ABC World News Tonight with David Muir, whatever his name, however you pronounce his name, all the corporate outlets, I bet you they won't bring on any of these intelligence experts who will tell you exactly what they're trying to tell the president. Just watch. Every expert that they have ever brought on has always been in favor of escalating stuff, of spreading more war. And most of them are always connected to the U.S. defense industry. And CNN and others do not disclose that information to you that these people have a vested interest in seeing the war blow up because they're working for the people who make the bombs, the bullets, the guided missiles, and, and all the other weaponry that U.S. prison slaves don't, don't make. All right? You will not see these people on television. Okay? You won't. Because the U.S. media is part of the shadow government. And this has long been documented. Check out the Frank Church hearings of 1972 with the CIA, them discovering the CIA putting propaganda in major news uh, uh, outlets. When I first created the Black Talk Media Project, I really got into studying media, not just, you know, the technical aspect, but the history of American media in this in this country. And you've had news executives in the, in the past say it's their patriotic duty to lie to the American public and just tell you what the U.S. government wants you to believe. This is the sad truth of the state of affairs of media in this country. If they ain't providing you with distractions, they're providing you with state propaganda that's going to get a bunch of people killed. I don't know about you, but I'm tired. I'm tired of seeing people by the millions die for no reason. No good reason. Now, we're talking about going to war to end slavery. I'll sign up. Where do I sign up? I'll go to war to end slavery. But this other crap, no. I will prepare behind these enemy lines and I'll just do the things that you just heard in that in that track. Protecting my community from any occupation. Let me take my last station identification break. I don't have anything else to say. If you have anything to say on this topic, give us a call after the break. 704-802-5056. 704-802-5056. Agreement isn't necessary. Maybe you see it from a different perspective. Maybe you have information that the rest of us ain't privy to. I don't know. But you're more than welcome to uh, share that information. And, you know, we can debate the merits of that. 
we can engage in deductive reasoning to see if you if there's any logic to what you're saying stay tuned we'll be back on the other side you are tuned in to the black talk radio network for podcasts and live program scheduling visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com all right let me check the board I just want to welcome everybody who is tuned in, whether you're on the radio stream right now or you are in the in the Uber conference. Let me um, change gears for a moment here as we get ready to wrap up the program. I, I got a lot of work I'm behind on, <laughs> I tell you. Uh, so I'm sure y'all heard of the story about... Um, the slave catcher, off-duty slave catcher, still in uniform, claiming that she went to the wrong apartment. According to reports that Otis shared with us, uh, she was on the wrong floor, parked on the, I guess they got, you know, um, some kind of uh, parking garage or something, you know, that has several levels of what. This must be a large complex. I think it is from, from another article I read. So you got this, this woman, Amber... Geiger, I think is her name. She's been on the police force for two years there in Dallas. And she killed this young man's, let me see, uh, Jean, what's his name? Let me find his name right quick. Both of them, Jean. And so anyway, she killed him in his own apartment. I don't know all the details. I've heard several different Stories. Who knows what's true? But we know for a fact that this young man is dead. All right. So that's being discussed, but that's, I'm not getting into the details of that. You know, I tell you all the time to move behind these enemy lines, like you behind some enemy lines, that these slave catchers are out there to make a slave of you or kill you. They're not there to serve and protect the Supreme Court in a case where the po- a police department argued that it isn't their job to serve and protect when they failed to serve and protect a woman who was who was attacked. I think she might have been killed and her family filed a lawsuit um, who had a domestic violence protective order. And the police said, oh, no, it ain't our fault that we didn't respond to our calls because they ain't our job. Our job is to enforce law. Well, you would think, though, that a domestic violence protective order issued by a judge is backed by law, you know? But anyway, that's what they argue. And the Supreme Court sided with the police, said, no, their job isn't to serve and protect. Their job is to enforce laws. And I say they support, they they um, help make possible the supreme law of the land in the 13th Amendment that uh, legalized the new form of slavery. All right, so anyway, that's not, I'm not going to get into the details of that case. It is what it is. We're still waiting on information. But I want to get into, though, is people using this story to sell you race porn. Just because the woman's white and the victim's black doesn't make, doesn't uh, 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 provide us any evidence that this was racism. Are we in a racist country? Is Do these police departments have a problem with racist white supremacists? According to the FBI, yes, 
They've been infiltrated. That came out in 2006. A number of them have been busted. They have been um, um, discovered by Antifa here recently. Shout out to Antifa. Who exposed some of these cops who had racist, um, belonged to racist groups or was promoting racism on their per- personal Facebook profiles. None of that has come out about this woman. So like Mr. Fuller says, document stuff before you make accusations. Don't be the little boy who cries wolf. But we got the black channel, also known as the black authority, who is using this story to say that this is the beginning of a race war. Well, white cops kill black people every day. I think, what what was that report? Every 48 hours? Every 36 hours, I'm not sure. A black person is killed by a cop, a vigilante, or some enforcement officer. So why why this case is, what what makes you say this is going to spark a race war? This is what I'm talking about, people playing on your emotions, using racism to make money, Instead of instead of trying to solve the problem of racism, they just want to promote racism, even when there's no evidence of racism, so that they can get you to buy tickets to their movie, apparently called Race War, uh, Race War. Because on his Twitter channel, it says, in light of recent events in Dallas, I am officially looking at buying some billboards in Dallas, Texas, to publicize race war. If you live in Dallas and you have some preferred locations, preferably digital, to expedite the process, please post them below. So here you using the the, the, uh, killing of this black man, possible murder, to sell tickets to a non-existent race war. Ain't no race war about to kick off in the United States. I know Alex Jones like to tell his sheet that and you just trying to be the black version of Alex Jones. Make money. I was reading a New York Times article the other day about the millions of dollars Alex Jones has made pushing these type of conspiracies. Oh, hey, you got to be ready for the race war. Get these vitamins so that you can be virile when you out there killing, you know, whoever. This is disgusting to me that you will use this event to sell tickets to a movie to a non-existent war. The only people I see fighting each other in the street isn't black versus white, but white fighting whites. Antifa, Antifa, the anti-fascist group that every time these racist terrorists show up somewhere is out there punching them in the face. Yeah, there's a couple of them that's black. You know, I I had Daryl on. I ain't going to say his last name. I I can't remember it right now. I think it's, uh, I I can't think of his name, but I interviewed him because he's a member of Antifa. And I interviewed him. How should black people view Antifa? I ain't got a problem with white folks punching racist white folks in the face. I ain't got a problem with that. Somebody's got to do it. Why not them? Okay, so where's this war 
occurring at? It's not like black folks got some kind of huge military, you know, uh, what's the proper word I'm saying? Militia. It's not like we got a bunch of militias and we're preparing for war or anything of the sort. There's a few groups I'm aware of and have been in contact with that, that promote armed self-defense, but they are not part of some nationwide web of black folks training every weekend for war. They're not. So there ain't no race war. How you gonna have a race war when you got all these black cops? How you gonna have a race war when you got all these non-white soldiers, which in my opinion, make up the bulk of the US military? At least that was my observation on every base that I went to, except for uh, an Air Force base where it was majority white, but every army base I went to, even Marine bases that I went to, it looked to me that black folks and non-white folks was at least half the population, if not a majority. Ain't no race war about to pop off, folks. Now, in terms of individual races out here killing black folks, hey, that's been going on since forever in this country. That's still not a war. And I just got a problem with people who never been to war, let alone even been in the military, using these type of terms, exaggerating, engaging in shock jockery to get you in fear, to get you worried about something, and to sell you some tickets. That's disgusting to me. Very disgusting. And I asked the person, you know, where are you getting this information from? Who are I thought they kicked Alex Jones off of Twitter. Where where is your evidence? Now, here's here's one post that he made, and I replied to him. He said, a grand jury rather than an arrest. So here comes the prosecutor aiding and abetting the crime, like Nazi Germany and South Africa. This is what a race war looks like. Again, you ain't never even been to war. How do you know what a war looked like? I spent six months in a war zone. I don't see that happening here. I see slavery happening here and a bunch of non-white people and poor people being preyed upon by modern day slave catchers. I don't see no war. Now, he links to an article in Yahoo News. So I pulled up the article. And this is what the article says in Yahoo News from the AP. An investigator says a Dallas police officer who shot and killed her neighbor after mistaking his apartment for her own said that when she inserted her key in his door, it opened because it had been slightly ajar. Now, again, I don't believe that. That's just what she said. I don't know. I wasn't there. David Armstrong of the Texas Rangers wrote in an arrest affidavit released Monday that Officer Amber Geiger said it was nearly completely dark inside the apartment when she entered it Thursday night and she thought she was encountering a burglar in her home. 
He says Geiger said the person ignored her verbal commands and she fired twice. One struck Gene in the chest and he later died. The affidavit says Geiger was on the phone with 9-11 reporting the shooting when she turned on the apartment lights and discovered she was in the wrong apartment. It says Gene's apartment was the one right above Geiger's and the apartment lays, layouts and exterior hallways were nearly identical. Authorities said, okay, they go on and go on, but let me, let me say this. The woman was arrested yesterday, okay? Now, it goes on to talk about she was arrested on um, manslaughter charges. For those that don't understand these different various charges, manslaughter is when you kill someone, but you didn't mean to. It is an accidental but unjustifiable killing. You you getting held to, hey, I didn't mean to kill anyone when I was drinking and driving. I didn't mean to run over that person or whatever. Still no excuse. You didn't intend to do it, so it's not murder. It's manslaughter or involuntary manslaughter. She's being charged with manslaughter. Now, where the grand jury comes in, is because they're taking it to a grand jury to see if the grand jury will indict her on more serious charges. She's already been charged and arrested. There, It appears that they're taking information to a grand jury to, well, actually she wasn't, yeah, yesterday was Sunday. So she was arrested yesterday, booked on manslaughter charges. All right, now, Where's the portion about the grand jury? The Dallas County District Attorney says her office, which I think is a black woman, by the way, not that that matters. We got proxies, you know, that uphold the system of slavery. But the Dallas County, I don't, I'm not saying that's the case with her because I don't know her and I'm not going to say something about somebody and I don't have the evidence to present to you. I'm just saying, I think she's black. I hope she practices justice, but hell. But anyway, it says the Dallas County District Attorney says her office will present the case of a police officer who fairly shot a neighbor to a grand jury, which could decide that a stronger charge than manslaughter is warranted. Okay? So none of what he's saying is what's happening here. And then you provide a link to an article that disputes what you're saying. You said a grand jury rather than arrest. Why well, I asked you, did you even read the article that you posted? The woman was arrested yesterday. You posted this today. It says so in the article. You accusing this prosecutor of aiding and abetting the crime when she's taking it to a grand jury after already charging a woman with manslaughter to see if she can get more serious charges. What they got to do with some Nazi Germany and South Africa? It has nothing to do with it. It has to do with you want to get black folks in their emotion so they'll buy tickets to your race war movie. This the kind of stuff that disgusts me. This the kind of this is why the Black Talk Media Project was created. This is why we need localized news centers in our communities. Not filled with people who are going to get us in our emotions, feed into our fears, but to do some investigation and give us the facts. 
It disgusts me. Because racism is very real in this country. I don't have to tell this audience. We know that. But do we have to scream racism on everything? Especially when there is no evidence that we can use to back it up. Oh, I, I hear you. I hear you out there. Well, she's white and he's black. Well, like Mr. Fuller said, and I and I really also detest the way y'all be uh, misrepresenting the things that Mr. Fuller says about the system of racism, white supremacy. He calls it that. I say it's a system of slavery practicing racism and promoting white supremacy. Okay, but neither here or there. But I agree with him. Y'all sitting up here saying, oh, because a person's white, they got to be a racist. That's not what he says. And people will use this to profit from. I think it's wrong to profit from racism from by anybody. We want the facts. Give us the facts. We examine the facts and then we'll engage in critical thinking and deductive reasoning to determine if racism is involved. The woman's been charged. The prosecutor's taking it to a grand jury seeking more serious charges. And since this hasn't dragged on for weeks and weeks and weeks like we've seen in other cases and other places. Well, let's just go ahead and make up some stuff to get people in their emotion. Oh, and by the way, promote my movie. You disgust me, man. You're, you're disgusting. You don't care about black people. If I care about somebody, I'm not trying to inflict undue emotional harm or stress on that person. I will tell them what they need to hear. That's the truth and the facts. So that's what that's what I got to say about that. Just disgust me. No, I won't be going to see your movie. No, I won't be buying it on DVD. And I hope it flops. Now, and as I also made a note to myself, the mainstream media, not that he's part of the mainstream media, and that's why I say we have to be better than the mainstream media. We should have to guard our credibility and not be the little boy out here crying wolf. Because then when something really goes down, people won't believe us because we've been crying wolf for so long. We, be, we make people insensitive to real acts of racism by making up acts of racism. So, but I wrote about the mainstream press because I'm really disgusted with them for the mainstream black press because I'm disgusted with them for not doing any reporting on the prison strike against slavery. And then they are some of the ones who are pushing this racism Oh, this has to do with racism or Serena and that, um, that's racism. Even though this umpire has done this to a whole bunch of people, male and female. So I'm sorry, Serena, love you, but no sexism has nothing to do with it. 
if you listen to Stephen A's report, who did some investigation on this umpire and found he has done the same exact thing to men and women of all different backgrounds. But that ain't, you wouldn't know that listening to the root, though. Because, see, they push racism porn to get you to click on their articles so that they can make money from the very corporations that's profiting from us, that's, that's killing us. But like I was saying, though, you know, one thing, though, I appreciate about Mr. Fuller is talking about codification. And some people claim they codified, but they're not codified. But I said the MS Black Press would do well to learn about what Mr. Neely Fuller calls codification in language when writing articles. Document before you make accusations. Don't just be flippant and give us some accusations because you know it's going to get your readers in emotion and sharing the article. And it's, it's race porn. It's race clickbait. You're not a journalist. You're a propagandist. If you didn't take time out, like Stephen A. Smith did today, and investigate to uncover the facts, to see, hey, has this man done this to anybody else? See, that Stephen A. was engaging in not just investigative journalism, but deductive reasoning. Has he done this to anybody else? Does he have a history of this? Or is he singling out the Williams sisters? And as he's discovered, this dude is, is basically a jackass who likes to interject himself and make it about him instead of just sitting on, on the sidelines in his little um, uh, whatever they call that thing and call the match. Same thing with these other stories. Stop believing stuff just because somebody say something so and you haven't inquired and asked your own questions and engaged in deductive reasoning. We want to grow intellectually. We do not want to retard ourselves. We want to engage in real journalism and not lazy reporting on stuff that don't even happen, that there's no nothing to base it on. You know, you can take my suggestion or not. Last thing I want to share with you, I posted this to the main page of blacktalkradionetwork.com. I've also shared it in btrcommunity.com. Thank you to, uh, I think you pronounce it, Aiken, the guy who, uh, well, I don't know if it's male or female. I've never asked. But signed this petition demanding basic human rights for incarcerated people. I believe one of the prisoners or one of their advocates posted the uh, petition, and it, and it contains the 10 demands centered on human rights and ending slavery. Sign a petition, please. You think, you know, you can take three minutes, four minutes out of your time. Please sign a petition. 
whether they do something about it or not, but just to let them know that there's an abolitionist movement that exists, and we watching you. And you can do this peacefully, or you it can get done by any means necessary. I'll leave it at that. So please sign that petition as um, J, J. Beware posted on Twitter today. Hashtag August 21. Reminder from comrades that prisoners tomorrow will still be striking. They decide when it's over. Not us. Prison strike 2018. Historic strike, y'all. Historic strike against slavery. Got international press. But the black press didn't think that you should know about it. Okay? They thought you should know about Serena Williams and, you know, the U.S. Open and all of that kind of stuff. They thought you should know about Nike's ad and the pushback against Nike's ad. And, but they didn't think to, it was important enough to tell you that there is a new abolitionist movement in the 21st century and we will end slavery. Shout out to the prison slaves putting their lives on the line to end slavery in this country. And if you're not an abolitionist today, why not? You like slavery or something? You okay with that? I'm not. That's the end of my broadcast. I want to thank you all for tuning in. I want to particularly thank Otis for sharing that additional information during the broadcast in the chat room. I will be back on air Tuesday at 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. God willing, nothing happens. No, there's supposed to be um, a storm on its way. Um, I don't live near the coast, so hopefully we won't get too hard. And I hope, you know, people don't lose everything, especially their lives. So, you know, be, in pr be prayerful for them. Hope that they are prepared and if able, getting out of the way of that storm. All right. But I'll be back. God willing, nothing happen tomorrow. Um, also coming up Wednesday, I've been invited to Tanya Free and Friends uh, Network. Um, I'll be doing a video interview with them. But that is also the audio y'all know is heard on the Black Talk Radio Network as they are part of our broadcast family but they do operate on a terrestrial radio station out of Richmond, Virginia, and I'm looking forward to talking to them about the aftermath of the prison strike in this movement against slavery. With that said, again, we live behind the enemy lines of USA, Inc. We live in a police state that's still practicing slavery. They got our boots on our neck, and they're not will willingly willing to Remove that boot from our neck, so we gonna have to remove it ourselves. All right. Tell the time. Uh, two o'clock. Two o'clock p.m. Eastern time on Wednesdays. Thank you, Otis. Yeah, two o'clock p.m. You can check her out at TanyaFreeAndFriends.com. No, it's TanyaFree.com if you want to see the video portion. If for some reason you want to look at my ugly mug, uh, you can check it out there, or you can stay tuned in to the Black Talk Radio. Um, main station and it'll also be aired there. Alright, thank you all once again. Peace and blessings to all. Be safe.